Good evening. Welcome back to another episode of the Shula Bowl podcast. Uh, not sure how many of these we have left in the uh, in the tank, given the news of the evening. But uh, that aside, Eric Henry, FIU beat writer, SB Nation, Underdog Dynasty, co-managing editor, joined tonight. This is a, kind of a off-the-cuff episode, given the news of the evening. So David is not available, but we are joined by all things FAU for FAU, uh, for Owls247, excuse me, Owls247.com. That is Shane Marinelli, for those of you who have not seen or heard of the news of the day, by the time you listen to this episode, I'm sure you probably will have uh, heard it. But just in case, I'll go ahead and fill you in here. The breaking news that came out roughly an hour ago at 7 o'clock on the dot from Pete Thamel of Yahoo News. He is a national college football and basketball reporter for Yahoo News, Yahoo Sports, that the American Athletic Conference is expected to examine expansion this week with six schools, ex- six schools expected to send applications. The AAC is expected to receive an application from Florida Atlantic, Charlotte, North Texas, UTSA, Rice, and UAB this week. The second half of that tweet, the expectation is that they will be that they will be accepted and that the AAC will grow to a 14-team football league. Also, 14 teams in hoops. That point is very crucial as well, given some of the considerations, some of the thoughts regarding FAU's viability in the American. They will also be a 14-team Hoops League, but for the purposes of this discussion, we will keep it strictly in the realm of football. Shane Marinelli, what were your first thoughts when you saw that tweet about an hour and a half ago? Uh, local reporters never get anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club, no, it, 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 it's actually a joke from listening to the Levitar the other day and kind of the whole Schefter thing. It's all, oh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, I don't know if you listened to that as well, Eric. It's actually something I wanted to talk to you about just in our WhatsApp chat. But, you know, the big dogs are going to eat, you know, the Pete Thamels, the Bill Connollys, the Andy, you know, they're going to they're gonna get that news. Uh, I, I read it, and it was a little bit of shock. It was like, you know, because the rumor is like, oh, it's two or three schools. They're replacing what they lost. Maybe one more, right? You know, they're, you're losing Cincinnati, Houston, um, and UCF, and you think, okay, maybe they go one more. They try and even it out. Maybe Navy goes back independent. It seemed like a small thing. And my first thought, I said to you on the podcast, I said, the American read Judy's letter or idea of a partnership between kind of both conferences. And the American said, said, yeah, that's a great idea. We're just going to do this without you. And just took half the league. And that's essentially what they did. Um, my second thought was reading for the teams is, you know, what is it? You know, people say all oh, the TV markets, this and that. And, you know, people want to crap on it and stuff like that. But, man, it seems like, you know, even with Rice there, uh, they went for big metro markets. Like, let's just – and they went for schools that have – higher probably they, I would assume if you took those six without looking at all of it I bet you most of them are in the top half of the athletic budgets in Conference USA right let's just be real I mean the Southern Misses the Marshalls Louisiana Tech their um, athletic budgets even Rice as small as the school Rice is Rice's endowment is like up there with Stanford and Harvard right. overall it doesn't affect football, but it makes a nice even number. They're in Houston, obviously, like Rice's academics, baseball, 
all that stuff kind of comes with it. It's like, oh yeah, let's bring, you know, the the quote unquote Vanderbilt, you know, over, sure. um, right? You, you, I mean, the, so it, you just had that, and I looked at it and I said, okay, this makes sense. They just went and took major markets, San Antonio, you know, FAU, and yeah, and and, and it's it, I guess it just kind of makes sense, and they basically strengthen themselves while pretty much cutting the head off someone they're competing against. To kind of piggyback off what you said, Shane, my first initial thoughts were a little bit of, I don't want to say shock because nothing really shocks me in terms of the realignment space, but I was surprised that they went six from Conference USA. And I still kind of feel, Shane, and we'll see how this plays out in the coming days and weeks, but I still kind of feel that they may extend an invite or two to a team out of the Sun Belt just to kind of, you know, hedge their bets a little bit. But I think the thing that was shocking to me or surprising, I'd say, is that they went straight six from Conference USA. I'm going to talk about some of the points you just made right there. Uh, Listen, when you look at FAU, I've seen just some of the Twitter reactions saying, oh, what does FAU offer besides outside of the Kiffin years? What are they bringing? Well, listen, man, anyone who thinks that realignment is solely about what you've done on the field you're sadly mistaken, okay? It is not. Shane, I know I've seen you tweet this out <laughs> to kind of calm some of the FAU faithful. It is not a game-to-game scenario. It is also not a year-to-year scenario. And, and it's not in totality a year-to-year scenario. So when you look at, I don't care what FAU did in 2013, 2014, 2015. Uh, you can say the same thing about USF and why they got left behind in terms of the Big 12 expansion. It would have, in my opinion, I still think USF would be a viable candidate to go to the Big 12. But when you look at what they had, uh, it wasn't about what the school did in you know previous years. It's about what they are kind of now. And you look at the trajectory of what Florida Atlantic is. I've written about this on UDD. I've talked about it on this podcast. I think the uh, – you know what, Shane? Um, I'm going to continue, but I want to ask you a, a, a hot take question. If If the Smith Athletic Facility is not built, are we here today? Probably not. Um, right. if, 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 if FAU does announce Haggerty money and all these other donations and announcement, how, you know, FAU's baseball stadium isn't great, but you know, they're putting a million dollars into it. Um, you know, FAU was just tweeting out how about their, you know, the borough, a lot of people joke about the borough, it's small, but they're going to make it the nicest small arena with suites and they're redoing the locker rooms. They just got a new scoreboard. Like that's what these conferences want to see, not, did Nicosi Perry have a tough game on the road versus UAB? And that's what decides it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, <laughs> so, so, so to kind of pick it up. Yeah. I, and I see where you're going with this, but yeah. 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 So I was going to say, it's kind of, kind of pick it up there. It's those things that make a difference, right? So when you look at UAB, how I use the, the analogy with the FAU and the Smith, I don't think UAB really gets in there if they don't have the new progressive stadium. I don't think UTSA gets in if they don't have the new race facility that Lisa Campos has done a great job at UTSA. So it's really a confluence of things. And we'll see how, in terms of the American, how things play out. Listen, from the FAU side of things, as far as my perspective, they've earned this move. I think it's a great, it's a great scenario. And as far as the overall forward trajectory, and I know we'll we'll kind of get into this a little bit and, and talk about, you know, what kind of a um, if this is, quote unquote, you know, just a, a, a glorified CUSA. Right. We'll get to that next. But just kind of finish the thought in terms of 
you know, the, uh, the upward trajectory for FAU, in my mind, even though you don't have UCF and you don't have Houston and you don't have Cincy in, in this, you know, new American, you still have Memphis. And I don't know how you feel about this, Shane, but I think having USF in it is still key because you have a built-in natural rival. While, of course, it's not a South Florida rival like FIU, you have an in-state foe, something that you can build and grow with. And quite frankly, when you look at just program for program here, USF and and FAU aren't that far off. So I think this move, again, the fact that you have some of those natural built-in rivals and and the schools that are left over from the American, I, I think this is quite frankly a home run for Florida Atlantic. Yeah, definitely. And, and you to kind of draw this back around to us being the Shubo Paul pod and people kind of wondering about the future of that. And there's still a lot that has to play out. Let's also remember sure. that FIU, this is, would it be the first time FAU and FIU did not play in the same conference within recent memory. They, there was a year where they were separated in the Sun Belt in Conference USA. FIU was actually invited first. It was coincidentally at a time FAU was really down after Howard Schnellenberger, you know, and it kind of started the Polini era and it just, it was a bad time for FAU football. Um, and so much of this is about timing and FIU was kind of, I think in the middle of the crystal ball era or just coming off the end of it at that time. Right. Um, but what happened from there is so you could draw a direct parallel to what we've seen between USF and UCF. FAU at that time was down, right? Maybe right. they just finished the stadium, but they just kept pounding. They kept, in, they kept, you know, making improvements to facilities. They kept going out, you know, they hired Pat Chun from Ohio State in AD, and he was okay. There, you know, there, it wasn't perfect, you know, uh, he, I, I, he didn't do anything groundbreaking, but he was solid, right? Um, uh, and you know, you go out and hire a Brian White. If you go out and you know, Brian White raises all this money, and they just keep, like you said, the Schmidt Center, and then the, the more recent things. And instead of just resting on their laurels of what they were, like, oh, we're big school in South Florida. There's recruits around us. They're like, no, no, we get, we got to keep fixing this place. We got like, and there's still tons for more for FAU to do. And I know that's the mindset in their athletic department. You know, no, we got to keep grinding. We got to keep, we got to figure out a way to get more people in the stadium. And, you know, they they were sending people out on the streets of Atlantic Ave, you know, to tell people about FAU football during happy hour. Like, yeah, you know, they were just grinding and similar to USF who was like, oh, we were number two in the country. We can do this without all the facilities right. and the on-campus stadium. That we, Look at us. We were invited to the Big East. And what happened from there? UCF just put their head down and said, okay, well, we, you know, let, let's build facilities. Let's, and not just in football, baseball, basketball, volleyball, like, and USF just kind of sat where they were and look where the two schools are now. I, I, I can't help but think of that comparison between FAU and FIU right now. Shane, it's a great comparison, and I don't want to dive too much into the FIU perspective because I want to allow room for David when he, you know, next time he's on the podcast to have his room to speak about that. He obviously is the FIU alum, but as someone who covers FIU, here's what I can say. And as someone who has intimate knowledge of the UCF-USF parallel that you draw there, as someone who's born and raised in Tampa and went to UCF. USF is still living in 2007 and 2008, right? You know, they they took the approach of 
we can do this without UCF. We don't need them. Uh, and they just rest on the fact of what they were and the fact that they had, you know, a, a head start in in certain respects in terms of, you know, being a, a, a traditional basketball powerhouse and, and or at least I don't want to say traditional basketball powerhouse, but they, they had better basketball success than UCF going back into the, you know, mid to late 90s when Seth Greenberg was coaching at USF. And UCF essentially took the approach, which is if we build it, they'll come. We can see the vision and they'll come. And that's what happened here with FAU. FIU, I, you know, Shane, you know more intimately than I do what they rested on in terms of getting the invite to Conference USA first. I can tell you this much as someone who covers the program. I haven't seen too much forward thinking in the four years I've been there. It's been, hey, let's just try to go win some football games. And, you know, we've seen how that's worked out. It worked out well in 2017, 2018. Uh, the past two and a half years, it hasn't quite worked out. We'll see where they're at. But again, I want to leave a lot of that room for David Handel to opine. Shane, I know you did want to touch on this. So let's go and jump into it right now in terms of what the league conference, you excuse me, what the league, the American, uh, is going to look like going forward. So when you look at the league right now, and again, for any of our listeners who may not have taken a you know, quick scan down the league, uh, as currently constituted, you have Houston, Cincinnati, SMU, Tulsa, ECU, Temple, Memphis, Central Florida, Navy, Tulane, South Florida. Of course, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF, uh, you can remove from that. Shane, listen, man, I think, and this is kind of my take on this, given the success that UCF has had, the profile, and I think every FAU fan right now should be the biggest Cincinnati Bearcat fans in the world because the profile that they've been able to build for the league is really what's going to be the preeminent thinking and, and thoughts in people's mind, right? So, yes, they will lose Cincinnati. They will lose UCF. They will lose Houston. That's fine. But at least just – and Shane, you know this as well as I do. A lot of this is perception being reality, right? So if Cincinnati continues to win, and let's just say by hook or crook, they find a way to crack the culture ball playoff. They leave the American in you know, what, another year and change or so with just a solid reputation of being a league that can compete. That's a lot better. While, listen, we think the Sun Belt has a solid reputation – it doesn't have the, you know, just instantaneous name recognition or thought of the American. And that's based off the things that UCF, Memphis, to a lesser extent, Memphis, and now Cincinnati are doing. So that's just kind of my thought, Shane. So when you look at the schools on paper, you can say, OK, USF Tulane, uh, Temple has been you know really in hard times the past few years. ECU's been up and down. Tulsa, SMU, um, maybe not, you know, the greatest of G5 schools, but. Perception is reality in this case, and I think every FAU fan should just turn to huge Cincy and you know UCF and, and, and Houston fans as they uh, get ready to exit this league. Yeah, I, there's some nice programs in there, and you know I just look at it from like an FAU growth standpoint, right? I'm just going to be real at this point. USF coming to FAU Stadium is going to draw more than FIU at this point. Oh, sure. It's just a, sure. A Temple. Um, Temple played in the Boca Bowl here a few years ago. They probably had twelve, fifteen thousand people. Um, you know, and you know, Temple basketball solid. You know, and you know from the days if they ever get what type of program ECU is fan wise um, when they, you know, when they're up and going. You want know, to trip that, you know, and again, you know, it's just it. it also, and not, I don't really want to sound. You know what? I'm just gonna say it. Every pretty much every school and the remainder of Conference USA right now, or what's going to be in the future of the American, excuse me, I can take a direct flight to. 
Let's yeah. Just, yeah. Like, that's just as simple as that. Like people want to joke about airport schools, but it's not, it, it just, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, there's no Murfreesboro, Tennessee's and Bowling Green, Kentucky's. And it's just, you know, we're talking about Charlotte's and Philadelphia. I, I guess ECU's in a small city. Okay. You got that one, but we're talking about Annapolis, great town, <laughs> you know, Birmingham. Uh, it, I, I think that's just Tulane, New Orleans. I, man, it, please. I just a little don't wake, make me wait like four years before we get them cross cut <laughs> away. <laughs> don't. I'm like a wife and kids by then. <laughs> you, you won't. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, maybe not after that trip, but, <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, like, you know, you just, it, it's just, I, I think that's important. Yeah. The league's still spread out, but you know, it's, uh, but North Texas and it, you know, in San Antonio. So I, I think that's important. No, Shane, listen, I, that's a really key point you make there. As you mentioned, the only real city there is ECU in terms of Greenville that you can't necessarily get a direct flight to Tulsa. You can SMU, you can Philly, Memphis, New Orleans, obviously, you know, you're going to drive to Tampa, Charlotte, Houston, Denton, you'll get there through Dallas, San Antonio, those are all great points. And also, as we kind of, you know, Shane, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to get ready to kind of wrap up my points here. I don't know if there's anything else once I toss it back to you, you want to kind of want to uh, touch on. But something that I think is key is Boca is going to be a destination in, in a way that, listen, you know, obviously I'm a native uh, of Tampa and I, 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 I'm obviously going to choose Tampa 10 times over over Boca. But in terms of just sheer, you want to get away, you know, you're uh, an alumni, you're alumni, uh, alumni, alumnus of uh East Carolina, right? You want to get away. It's not necessarily you want to go to Tampa, right? Which you can go to Clearwater Beach, but Boca, you, you know, you want to go to Boca and you spend some time there, uh, you know, and some of the things that uh, that Palm Beach County can offer, right? So FAU is going to be a destination city for a lot of these opposing fan bases. And with that will come some really nice opposing crowds. And that's just, again, perception is reality. It's going to be a lot better, as you mentioned, when you're playing USF, and you got, you know, a packed house at FAU Stadium as opposed to playing FIU and they're only bringing, you know, a thousand people. It's the same thing. And it's not just an FIU thing. You can say this with a lot of the CUSA schools. You know, Middle Tennessee is only bringing, you know, 700 people when they come down and play Boca, when they play uh, FAU and Boca. Uh, if you play Memphis, they're going to bring a lot more than that, right? So, and again, it's just and I think the biggest takeaway for me is perception really is reality in this case for FAU, Shane. But uh, I'll let you toss it back to you if you have any uh, further points you want to make before we close this one up. Yeah, I, I just wonder a few things, that you, just a few things I think fans got to think about. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah it, for fans, just to kind of going forward, I think kind of the writing is on the wall with Wichita State basketball, right? Do you kind of agree with that and just kind of the other yes. dominoes that will fall? Also yes. curious, this is one I thought too, I bet no one thought about. Does North Texas have to start baseball back again? Um, right. Like, like well, the American kind of has a wonky baseball league though. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, also from a baseball's perspective, I, I spoke to someone as close as you can get on, um, that, and that's a fun baseball league too. FAU's obviously, you know, a, a contender every year, but FAU fan, remember ECU, UCF, um, you know, that's, at Tulane, that's all really good, great baseball. So, you know, uh, uh, there's a lot to be excited about. 
So, um, but obviously this isn't going to happen for a couple of years. So yeah. I expect Conference USA Twitter to dissolve in more, you know, every time like a Western Kentucky beats an FAU or one of the teams leaving or not going, it's um, the salt, you know, you know, it's going to continue. And you know what though? And I will say this also, I want to finish up. I do hope FAU keeps the rivalry going in some way, you know, uh, uh, just for example, you know, SMU and TCU play each other every year. You know, the, the, TCU doesn't have to do that. I'm pretty sure North Texas and uh, does North Texas play SMU every year? Not every year, but they play pretty frequently. And really quick, Shane, I'll just just ten seconds for any listeners who don't know about that. That is a very big rivalry. That's kind of like the uh, SMU's the private rich school versus North Texas, which are like you know your pickup trucks, <laughs> public school. But yes, they play. And, and, and TCU and SMU are just two private rich schools. Right. Right. <laughs> do you know? What is what is what is what do they play for SMU and TCU? Let's say a little little come on, you, you got to know this. I, I don't know off the top of my head, Shane. They play for the Iron Skillet. That oh, you're come they're on. a thousand percent correct. I should have known. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I do keep it going. You know, I've talked about it, and we'll, we'll kind of end on this. I think all the schools in the state of Florida should play each other, right? You know, there's no point. Like for example. FAU opens next season at Ohio. Now, granted, that was a game scheduled before even Brian White. But there's no point of FAU ever to play that type of game in the future when you can just go play FIU. Right, right. No, I mean, again. Go ahead, Shane. Yeah, so, um, yeah. But, you know, so, yeah, I mean, that's just, I, I hope they continue to play. It's good no, for college football, and FIU will get to a point where they're good again, and that game could be competitive. I would like to have two Florida schools on my schedule every year. Yeah, I didn't mean to, to step on your toes there. I was just going to, you know, kind of echo your points and saying, as someone who has a you know graduate at UCF, I hope that the USF UCF rivalry continues just for the sake of. Again, I'm with you. I think all the Florida schools should play each other. I think it's a natural built-in rivalry, and as you mentioned. You get two trips to, in state, you know, so that uh, certainly makes things easy on the old travel schedule. But with that, we did want to get a quick episode in with the breaking news of the of the uh, evening here. We will have a traditional preview with FAU taking on Charlotte. Pretty big game in uh, CUSA East with FAU and Charlotte fighting neck and neck. So you can uh, kind of get to the top of the division there. And then Western Kentucky, of course, the high-powered Bailey Zappi offense makes its way to FIU Stadium to take on the Panthers this Saturday. So we will have a traditional episode later this week. With that, we want to thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter. Find me on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore. You can find Shane on Twitter at Marinelli Shane. And, of course, find his FAU coverage at Owls247. And last but not least, you can find the Shula Bowl podcast on Twitter at Shula Bowl Pod. Thank you for listening. And uh, I won't go happy football watching just yet because we got another episode coming later this week. But stay tuned and uh, be safe out there, everybody.